Welcome to the Producer to President podcast. I am your host today, Brad Bolt, with the AmeriGuard Insurance Agency, and I'm excited to get going on today's podcast. My goal on this podcast is to help agents that someday aspire to become agency owners. And as most of us who go through this transition, we learn there is no playbook when you become an agency owner. You have all this experience of being an insurance producer and now you're in charge of managing people maybe and running an agency and meeting with company and meeting um, you know, production goals and all these things that are all new to you. Um, so I'm hoping we can bridge that gap um, that large training gap that exists in our industry space um, going from producer to agency owner. So today's show is going to be about going back to the very beginning, why you got into this uh, insurance industry to begin with, what are the uh, pro, uh, pros and cons, um, and what you should be doing um, when you first get started. So the pros of the business are pretty obvious, I think. I think the two um, primary pros are the financial uh, potential and the freedom. Um, the financial potential is endless. Um, the biggest draw to this business is, it, is the residual income. You get to keep earning that dollar over and over as long as your customer stays with you. Um, this is huge and frankly, it's very somewhat uncommon in any business. So if you uh, are able to keep one of your customers 11 years, you get paid 11 years on that, on that customer. And 11 years just happens to be the average length of time that one of our customers is, is in our agency. So that's pretty good retention. Um, this goes back to if you're able to provide great service, you're able to meet your customer's need, you're responsive, you respond to their phone calls, their emails, you treat them like you care, there's a good chance you're going to be able to retain that customer. You can't just write a policy and say, oh, I'm going to be done with you or ignore them. Um, that's not going to, that's not going to uh, go over too well with most most of your customer base. So you have to have a variety of skill sets um, that you learn along the way. Um, most, most of us that are salespeople, um, that's not always our greatest strength. We wanna sell, we wanna move forward, we wanna grow. And servicing and making car changes and mortgagee changes, um, that's not not how we want to be spending our time, but you have to do it because you have to take care of your customer. Um, freedom, the freedom to be your own boss. Um, if you want to start at 11 in the morning, uh, you can do that. If you want to work from home, you can do that. You want to go on vacation, you can do that. You truly are your own boss. So you call all the shots. Um, and that is, um, it's awesome. Um, I could have it no other way um, after I ventured out to, to uh, get into the insurance business and be my own boss. Um, those, two, um, those two pieces of the insurance business is, is what drew me in and what I fell in love with um, and what I became very passionate about. Uh, let's touch on some cons. Um, for me, personally, the biggest difficulty is dealing with the insurance companies. 
Insurance companies are, can be very difficult to deal with. Uh, we're supposed to be on the same team, um, moving in the same direction, and that is just not always the case. Every single insurance company has their quirks that they have. They have rules, guidelines, which don't make any sense. Um, and this can cause you to not write business and to lose business, maybe some uh, piece of business that you've had for many years. And they don't always seem to care about it because that's just their guideline and their rules and they're not going to be flexible on it in most cases. So that is very frustrating, especially when you, you lose business, lose a good customer um, through no fault of your own. And that just happens far too frequently. Oftentimes the response you get is, well, that's just the way that we do it. And you have to live with it. And that's that's part of being in the insurance business is you do have to live with uh, how the insurance company operates. It sucks, but it's just something you have to adapt to. Um, the other, um, another um, con in my view is, you know, it's just very, very difficult to get started and get going. Um, we're sold this pipe dream often of this freedom and this endless income, but you learn rather quickly when you have zero clients um, and you have zero money uh, coming in that it can be difficult to get going. We're selling a product that people don't like. We're selling a product that people don't want to spend money on. It's not a tangible product. It's not a home that they can see that they're happy to buy, yet they're spending all this money on insurance, and they don't like it. So, um, so we have to um, we have to be very good at our job. We have to be personable. We have to uh, be well educated in the products that we're selling, and um, for them to gain that trust that uh, that they want to deal with us. Uh, now and in the future. So we, we want to grow this business so bad. We want it to happen so quickly and we work so hard at the beginning. And oftentimes it just takes a long time to get going. It takes a long time to grow that file cabinet. And, um, and we have to have patience, hopefully some money to live off of uh, because it is not easy and it's not for everybody. Um, I don't know what the actual percentages, but the percentage of agents that actually make it, I know is very low. If I were to make a guess, I would say somewhere in the 15% range, maybe 20, and that might be might be high. So what are you going to need at the beginning of your insurance business? For me, the number one thing is you have to be determined and driven. You have to want it. You can't just say you want it. Um, you have to really be driven because as I just mentioned, it is very difficult to get started and you're going to encounter a lot of challenges along the way. Again, we want, um, uh, you know, we want to grow this business as quickly as we can and we might need it to grow. But the insurance product, it's just something that people can drag their feet on for a long time. It doesn't make sense. We can see that we're saving somebody hundreds of dollars and they just don't want to pull the trigger. It's uh, Most times, you know, people have to have 
I mean, you have to find their pain point, um, which a lot of times is saving money. Um, and sometimes they need uh, a sense of urgency to purchase or, um, or you know, if, if a good example is when someone buys a home. Well, they have to have insurance in the next 30 days. It's one of the reasons why that's a good area f- uh, for you to target as a new agent because people do have a sense of urgency to uh, secure insurance uh, for, for a product they need. Um, number two that I have for um, what you need at the beginning, you got to be willing to put the work in. You have to be willing to work long hours and probably Saturdays, um, maybe late into the evening. When I first uh, started into the business, and um, and that granted that was a long time ago. I first started in 1999, where people had they had home phones, um, and you could call them and you could pick up the phone book and call. Um, that's not often how it's done, but when I started, I I stayed late every night if not every night three nights a week and i came in on saturdays following up on my prospecting calls because this is a numbers game i'm sure this isn't the first time you've heard that and what i tell my agents if you can find people that are interested in purchasing insurance you will be successful in this business especially being an independent agent we have the products available that are gonna fit the needs um, for most insurance customers, you have to find people who are interested in buying insurance. And that means in today's world, you have to find all different avenues. You can still make cold calls. Um, you can go door knocking. You can um, you know, use your social media. Um, you have to find all avenues, but you have to put the, wor- the work in. Otherwise, you're just not going to make it. Number three, you need money. You need money to live off of. There are some insurance positions and maybe in an agency that offers a salary. Most captive carriers, I don't believe they offer a salary. Um, For example, I was a farmer's agent. We had a draw, which was a loan, um, which I wouldn't suggest to most people. I don't like taking out a loan like that that you have to to pay back. Um, But you need money to live off of. Unless you have very few expenses, maybe you're young and you still live with your parents and you don't depend on taking that much uh, money home to live off of, which is probably the perfect time to get started in this business when you have low expenses. Um, Otherwise, you need money. Um, It does help to have money to support your business because you might have to put a little money into it um, to make a little money. So hopefully you have a little bit of a nest egg. Somebody can loan you some money. Uh, Maybe you get a salary, but you do need some money uh, in the very beginning. Number four, you need to be personable. Um, You need to learn to adapt to all different kinds of people. When you're selling to the general public, you, you come across all different personality traits and different type of people, and everybody needs insurance. And just because somebody, we may find somebody a little bit strange, uh, doesn't mean that they won't be a good long-term customer. So you need to learn to adapt to all different types types of people. Number five, you need to be a student of the business. Um, you need to educate yourself. You need to be a, um, a lifetime student of this business because the business 
continues to change. Policies change. Companies change their guidelines. Um, you know, coverage tends to change. So you need to stay up on uh, what the latest changes and newest things are in the insurance business. You know, you can read company websites, you can read books, you can read newsletters, you can listen to podcasts, you can watch YouTube. Uh, there's so many ways that you can continue to educate yourself. And this is only going to help you help your sales game. Um, the more intelligent you are with the insurance business, the more confident you're going to be when it comes time to selling, and the more comfortable that that insurance prospect is going to be buying from you. People want to do business uh, with people that they know and trust. And if you come across like you know what you're talking about, they're going to be able to trust you much easier. So those are five things you're going to need to get started. What do you need to grow this thing and get it going? Obviously, in the beginning, you need to prospect, prospect, prospect. You need to fill that sales funnel with people that are interested in buying insurance. Like I referenced earlier, people want to drag their feet when it comes to purchasing insurance. It might take one month, two months, eight months before somebody finally purchases from you. So you have to be persistent um, and stay on them. You don't want to be a pest, uh, but you want to be persistent. You keep your name in front of them. Maybe it's even a year. I tell you what, they're gonna if, if you leave uh, voicemails and emails for a year, they're going to know your name. And when they have that problem, when they reach that pain point, when they uh, are ready to buy insurance, they're going to know your name and they're going to give you a shot. How can you prospect? You make phone, uh, phone excuse me, cold calls. Um, you have to get over that fear of rejection. When someone says no, you can cross them on, off your list and move on to the next one. And if they did give you a quote, you don't throw that name away. Um, or if you were able to quote them, don't just throw that name again. Put them in the file. Contact them next year. They are still a lead. They were interested now. They're going to be interested. They might be interested next year. So save all those uh, that you, uh, you currently quoted. Uh, it's making cold calls. You can join networking groups. Insurance agents always win in networking groups because everybody needs insurance. And referring over to the insurance person in a networking group. And a networking group could be a chamber of commerce group. Um, all chambers of commerce have uh, networking groups. There's the BNI networking groups, um, where you know people where uh, members keep track of who gets referrals and who you refer to. The insurance agent always wins. It's the easiest referral because everybody needs insurance. Everybody knows somebody that needs insurance. So you are going to get referrals in a networking group. The other piece of that networking group, um, you know, you have to offer some value in that group. Even if you're not able to uh, supply a, uh, a referral for everyone that you get, offer some value to that person. Um, you know, uh, 
help them on engage with them on social media give them a review find some way that you can offer value to that referral source and the more will come back your way um, you can work on referral referral sources this is a huge way this is another way that we grew our agency which is uh, our number one referral source was loan officers we have some amazing loan officers that we work with and not all of them are big hitters some of them we only get one or you know two a month or one every other month but if you have 20 you know different loan officer referral sources um, that one or two a month that turns into a lot of leads on a monthly basis so i think by far loan officers realtors are the best referral source we have something that they need to close their file if we can uh, uh, gain their trust get them what they need really quickly and really efficiently and provide you know five-star service to their customers you're going to continue to get referrals from that loan officer or referral uh, loan officers realtors i think are the best you can also if you're going to get into the uh, commercial insurance arena commercial bankers are a good natural fit um, these uh, bankers are going to close loans uh, for new businesses or they're taking out um, loans they're going to need insurance in commercial insurance, people don't necessarily know where to go for commercial insurance. People don't think that um, their car insurance guy, they, they don't, it doesn't even cross their mind that their car insurance person offers commercial insurance. So they're going to they're gonna ask, where can I get this insurance? And they're going to ask their banker or the person that they're working with. Financial advisors, I found, are also um, excellent referral sources. Um, most of the time with a financial advisor um, they're as a part of growing someone's assets um, they want to make sure that they are protecting those assets so they like to have a good uh, um, insurance professional that's going to adequately uh, correctly cover someone's ins you know, ins insurance uh, insurance assets uh, make sure the home is properly covered, make sure the liability limits are properly covered and that they have a liability, excuse me, an umbrella liability policy. Um, centers of influence in your community, if you have connections with them, let them know that you're in the business and that you're available to help in any way that you can. For any of these referral sources, it does take time to build a relationship uh, you can build a really ask people you know ask these guys to to coffee or lunch um, and again go out of your way you can meet you can meet so many of these uh, loan officers financial advisors bankers on linkedin um, you can start commenting on their posts um, and you can start sharing their posts and, and you can start a relationship that way. You don't want to come across as all salesy and I want to get your business. Uh, that's not the way you establish um, a good referral source. People want to get to know you before they refer business to. I'm that way. I do not refer business to someone that I don't, don't trust. 
that I don't like and trust, I will not send business to them. So these referral sources are going to be the same way. So take some time to get to know them. It has to be a, it, it, you know, and, and, and go out of your way to try to help them out, to promote them as much as you can. Um, the best referral relationships, it's a two-way street. You have, to, you have to show what value you have, even if it's not referring business back to them. Um, I touched on this earlier. What you're, you're really going to need, you're, you're going to need to be persistent. Um, people don't make a buying decision off of the first message, you know, when you quote them or the first phone call. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they have a, a need or a sense of urgency to buy and get, get a deal done. Not always the case, though. Um, so you're going to need to stay persistent. Stay on your, you know, the people that you have just quoted two months, eight months. When back to my beginning days, again, I would call every night in the beginning. My, my, um, my philosophy was like this. When, when I received a new lead, and the ma- majority of my leads were um, internet leads that I purchased. Now, internet leads today are just a different time. And that's probably a discussion for a different day. Um, I haven't been able to find a good referral source. Um, Otherwise, I would be buying internet leads like crazy. Um, And I also use telemarketing leads. And again, um, on the personal side of things, much, much more difficult um, to come by. I've tried to find a good source and just have been unable to. But when I would get these leads... Um, I mean, I would consider it a hot lead, and I think you have to strike um, when it's fresh on their mind, which would mean if you got that lead that day, they need to be contacted that day. I, I would contact them twice that day, and I would call every day for the next week. And at that time, texting really wasn't a thing, so that wasn't really an option. But um, an email, as funny as it sounds, um, that was kind of the newest technology. So those that were on the inter- using internet leads, they were probably considered high tech um, in the early to mid 2000s. As funny as that sounds. So I would email, I would call, and then after that first week, I would back off um, a little bit. I would I would contact probably twice a week, and and again, sometimes you don't get a response. Um, and, and, and then I would contact maybe the third week I would contact once or twice. And then I would basically go about once a week. And then after a month, I would roll back to once every other week, but I would call until they buy or die. And, um, until they tell you no. And I used to love getting those no's cause I could put them away then. I mean, I would call them for a year, whatever it took, but I got a lot of compliments and man, you're persistent and, and you'd be surprised at how many people would buy from you after eight months because most people give up and, and I would be the only one calling after eight months. And sometimes it just takes people, you know, people were busy back then, just like they're busy now. And sometimes they, they had this interest they, you know, went through this quote request on the internet and then they're just busy and you have to catch them at the right time. And, and that also means sometimes you have to call in the morning. Sometimes you have to call in the evening. 
sometimes you just get lucky and catch them at the right time. Maybe you catch them right before they're about to pay their bill again. Um, so you just keep trying until they tell you no. And then, like I mentioned earlier, when they do tell you no, put them back in that recycling bin and contact them in six months. They're still a lead. Until they say, don't ever call me again, I keep calling them. Because you need those leads. And the more you do that, the more you're going to be able to build in the future and find success. I also think, and this is new and um, and not great at it myself, but I sure try, is promote yourself on social media. You have this network, you have this platform on, on social media that you can use, that you can educate people, that you can say, hey, I'm in the insurance business now. Um, Again, I think you should be subtle about it. How can I help out? Or you're just posting things consistently on, on you know, home insurance and coverage on the home insurance. And, and people are going to continue to see that, hey, Brad's still in the insurance business. And when it comes time for them to get a quote, there's a good chance they're going to think of you. So be persistent with your social media and and um, I mean you can use all avenues you can use Facebook LinkedIn YouTube you should be using all these um, you know and and you can get some value you can gain some trust through your 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 uh, social media posts that you put out so that's a little bit of what you can do to get started um, the next thing that I'm going to go over in the next uh, next podcast is the tech that you um, need should get as soon as you can because there's so many different options out there. There's so many different shiny objects um, that you can use. So we're going to pre- break down what you should have and uh, what you should have when you can afford it. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Again, my name is Brad Bolt with the AmeriGuard Insurance Agency, and this has been another episode of Producer to President Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me at bbolt, that is B as in boy, B as in boy, O-L-D as in David, T as in Thomas, at AmeriGuard, A-M-E-R-I-G-U-A-R-D.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at Brad Bolt. And you can find me on Twitter and tweet me there. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.